Hello, and welcome back, or welcome to the Set Up Stronger Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Coach Jordan, Jordan, whatever you want to call me, it's all good. Uh, and today we have a very cool opportunity to talk to Stephanie Alp, who's a registered dietitian. You'll hear all about that, but we're going to be covering everything relating to game day nutrition and game day hydration. It's going to be a really good one, uh, anticipating a lot of really good conversations from this, and uh, I'm excited to go. So let's dive in. Hi, Steph. Welcome back. Um, For those of you who are new to the podcast, video, wherever you're getting this, um, this is Steph. Steph, why are you here? Who are you? So I am a registered dietitian um, and I have a special interest in sports nutrition. So I'm here to, I don't know, fill you in on the details of what you should and shouldn't do when it comes to fueling up for sports. Love it. Love it. Let's get into it. Yeah. So, like I said before, Steph is going to talk about uh, game day nutrition uh, and hydration. So stay tuned, you know, for both. Um, we're going to be talking about both bo- both court and beach because right now we're coming off the off season or coming off of the beach season and transitioning into court if COVID lets us. And uh, so it's a good time to talk about both. Yeah. Summer's coming to an end. <laughs> Yeah, so where do you want to start? Um, what are we talking about when it comes to game day nutrition and what are we trying to go for? So I think our main goals when it comes to fueling for any sport is we're trying to maximize our recovery. We're trying to maximize our performance. And when it comes to sports where there's a lot of movement and a lot of like jumping and that sort of thing, we're also trying to avoid things like potential GI upset um, during the game, right? Love it. So sum that up. Our biggest focus is to fuel your body and not affect your performance while we do that. Um, When it comes to game day and competing, you're doing a number of different games in a day, right? You're, you know, you might have, a short amount of time between them, but you're not usually just doing one game as I understand. Yeah, exactly. So for, I'm sure kind of preaching to the choir here for you guys that are listening, but we're going to assume that we'll be in a tournament structure uh, with a full day of volleyball and you've got your round Robin where you may or may not have breaks in between games. Uh, you might have a big span for lunch. You might not. And then once we get into playoff play, usually after a break, but not always, um, again, you might have all your games in a row. Typically, you have a bit of a break. That break could be 10 minutes. It could be an hour and a half. Uh, just depends on the structure of the tournament. Yeah. So you can see that that brings us a challenge of you have a limited amount of time in between games sometimes. And even when you have a longer amount of time in between those games, you're not going to eat you know, a full buffet knowing that you're going to have to play in the afternoon. So you have to have a strategy of, what you're going to eat and when and how you're going to fit that in between your games um, and have still have time to digest it and, you know, not have to think about it when you're on the court that, Oh, I ate too much or I ate the wrong thing, or, you know, I've done something that I shouldn't have done. <laughs> Things don't feel right. Something is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be jumping around and having your stomach sloshing around with you. So when we're looking at what we should be eating on 
game day, it's worth noting what kind of foods we should be eating. So number one, we're probably going to be eating in small amounts and that's for digestibility for the time frame that you have, um, looking for things that are easily digestible. So, you know, we're not going high fat. We're not going high fiber. It's not the day for you to focus on getting all your fiber in necessarily. Uh, and the biggest thing is no surprises. So just like anything, we should know what's going to work for us and what's not going to work for us. And it's not the day that you're going to try out a new food from the restaurant down the street that you passed on the way to your tournament. It's, you know, you've brought what foods you know are going to work for you. And this, like, this sounds obvious, but at the same time, <laughs> there's so many people that they've never had, like, it could be as simple as a cliff bar or they've never had this, you know, relatively complicated supplement thing, sports mm. energy booster, whatever bowl people are buying right now in terms of like crazy new stuff. But, and then for some reason, it's a great day to try it on tournament day. And yeah. well, you probably brought an extra cliff bar and they want to share it with you. And yeah. I mean, people are nice. That happens. I get that. Yeah. But, you didn't uh, bring enough food because you didn't plan to be there all day or something happens, you know, or you just didn't plan at all. Like, you know, most mm -hmm. of us, because you just kind of go to the tournament and you show up and, you know, food figures out itself. You just do the thing, right? That's the <laughs> recipe for success. Yeah, I was going to say, you're uh, leaning into dangerous territory when you do that. Um, and especially when it comes to just, you know, not maybe not eating enough calories in the day or you end up, you're on the court and you're maybe thinking about running to the bathroom. It's not ideal. So try not to surprise yourself that day. And so with that and stating what should be obvious is have a plan, right? Um, know what works and what's not going to work for you. Know what kind of foods that you can digest easily and ones that you can't. And um, that's not going to be the same for everybody. So, you know, when you say sharing a cliff bar, it might work really great for your teammate and you might eat it and you might find it really doesn't work for you. So, um, trying different things throughout the season when you're training to find out what's going to work um, and also playing around with the timing. So when it comes to timing, no, it's not just when, but it's also how much in that time frame. And I don't play volleyball, but I am a runner. And so we, you can see that there might be some crossover for that when it comes to your bouncing around a lot and how you're going to tolerate different foods. And I always went by this kind of three, two, one rule in terms of timing. So the further out you're getting from your games, the more you can eat. Um, still considering what you're eating. But if you're under an hour, uh, it, it would be leave it down to like 100 calories worth of food in that hour. If you get to two hours, 200 calories, three hours, 300 calories. Again, you might be able to tolerate more, but if you're going for a general rule of thumb, with, with you're within an hour period, that 300 calorie snack is probably not the one you should be going for. I am gonna ask a question from the point of view of the audience, because I know what yeah. they're gonna say. Um, yeah. But Steph, but Steph, I only have max an hour of break time throughout the day period. Period. What, what do? Maybe, let's call it maybe two hours. Like, but that would be pushing it. Say, like, we start playing 
around nine o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we might finish around three to four in the afternoon. Okay. Um, let's say each for simplicity, each match is an hour. Uh, and my longest break is an hour. And they also give us a lunch, which is an hour. Okay. So what, that what gives you plenty of time to fuel, right? So you're looking at game day from what, when do I have to fuel during game day? But also remember that fueling for game day starts before. So you're telling me at nine o'clock in the morning is when you start, you have hours before that to set up a great foundation for your day. Um, so having those easily digestible carbohydrates is, is probably going to be your main focus because that's what your body's using for energy. And even in between games, um, you know, that does give you time to get in some quick, easily digestible snacks. Um, again, focusing on the carbohydrate because that's what you're going to need to refuel. Um, and if, if you are really stuck for time, there are sports foods. It's I wouldn't say it's the first thing that you go for, but if you're really crunched and you need to get some something into you, then there are you know all sorts of gels or chews or different things that are going to be easily digestible. Um, usually digest within an hour and have that ener- that energy or within half an hour, sorry. And so you have that energy available to you within half an hour. So if you're crunched, there's, there are solutions, but if you have an hour, try and focus on getting that snack in as soon as you can. And so you're maximizing the amount of time you have to digest it um, when you get down to it. Cool. So if I contrast that with what I've seen a lot of people do and I've, I've done before, um, it's lunchtime. I've got an hour, let's say an hour and a half for my next game. And there's a subway right next door. And I grab a six inch sandwich and I mow that because I'm starving because I've been playing for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. How, how bad is that in proportion to like, ideally what you're talking about and you know, you're going to kill all of your games later. Uh, again, I think some of that is a little bit individual, but if you look at what you're getting on the sub, I think it's also important. So you're, you have your bread there. It's easily digestible. It shouldn't be a problem. It's how much meat are you putting on your sub? How many veggies are you putting on your sub? Are you getting like, I don't know, a meatball sub with cheese? Um, because that's probably going to sit a little bit heavier, higher in fat, higher in protein versus getting maybe a few slices of lean chicken, um, and a, like a little bit of vegetable and mostly focusing on the, on the bread. Um, they're going to be two totally different things. Cool. So even if we have these, you know, call them non-ideal choices, um, you can still follow the principles of lower fat, higher, easily digestible carbs, and, you know, not too much protein. Yeah. And not too much fiber. Right. And not too much fiber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we did, I didn't mention beforehand, um, when you're feeling beforehand is look at your carbohydrate before the intake before the games even start. And there is a goal to go for, which is about one gram of carbohydrate per kilogram of body weight as your pre-game meal. So if you have a couple hours, say maybe you can get it breakfast in around 6, 6.30 in the morning before you start, then you can aim for that higher, like a higher carbohydrate content. And hopefully that'll keep you going for a while. and then try and have those 15 minute breaks, have a small snack. So by the time you get to that hour break, you're not completely starving. So if we're talking for our non math oriented friends out there, so say I'm 80 kilograms, you said it's a mm-hmm. gram per kilo. 
Yeah, so maybe what, eating what does, 80 grams carbs. Yeah, what's that look like? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I didn't prepare that. Oh, that's okay. So how like so let's just talk about um in relation to what people eat. How much is a bagel ish? I'm thinking usually around 30 to 40, maybe 50. Probably close to that. If you're it's like a smaller bagel, I would say it's probably close to 25 grams. Yeah, because we're usually around, you know, 200, 250 calories for a bagel-ish. Depends if you're eating the big ones or the small ones. Always the big ones. Assume the big ones. (laughs) Then you're going to the higher end of of the carbohydrates. You're looking at maybe 25 grams for half of that. Cool. So So, it's like a bagel and a banana. Exactly. And that could be your breakfast. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Just trying to put always put this practically for people because, again, some people don't look at the nutrition fact sheet and that's completely fine and we're just trying to make it as practical as possible yeah but it's also never going to hurt for you to take a look and see what you're getting if you're oh, yeah, if you really want to in to your nutrition then it's worth paying attention to what's on those labels oh absolutely yeah 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 so um and the reason i'm, I'm talking so much about carbohydrates really when it comes down to volleyball is over the long term that's going to be our main source of fuel, right? Your body, when you're playing those back-to-back games, um, it's a lot of aerobic stuff. So you still have your explosive power and that relies on um, the creatine that's in your muscles. But over the long term, you are using muscle glycogen. And there is that limited supply of it. So if you can fuel up throughout the day, you're conserving some of the supply that you have in your body. Um, it'll always try to use what you have in your blood. If you've provided it from those snacks, then your body is going to use that, um, like, or use that glucose that's in your blood, um, as your main source of energy. Nice. So our our really quick physiology lesson is (laughs) jumping requires explosive effort. There's ATP in your muscles. There's energy in your muscles, but once that gets depleted really quickly, you have to get it from other sources and those quick sources come from your glycogen. So that's just stored fuel in a different way that comes slower. And then yeah, over well, time. So your creatine, that explosive thing that regenerates, it needs a short um, rebuff period, but it regenerates pretty quickly. Um, but it's the glycogen that it's there and it's there for the longer term and you have so much of it stored. Um, and so your body turns to that. And then we Um, replenish that through uh, glucose, which is carbohydrates. And you replenish that through rest and eating enough carbs. (laughs) There's your physiology lesson, folks. Everything you need to know in four seconds. If I can, if I can break it down into one thing, eat your carbs. I'm you're not going to hear keto here. Um, So yeah, we talked about the prevent meal. Uh, We did say, Consider what time your first game starts. So maybe the tournament starts at nine, but your first game is until 10. Great. That gives you more time to eat ahead of time. Um, So how much time do you have to eat a meal? And what macronutrients should we be focusing on? Which is mostly carbs. um, But in that prevent meal, uh, especially if you have enough time, it's not going to hurt to have a bit of protein because that's going to help keep you full. Right. Yeah. So... Another key message to talk about is your game day nutrition starts long before game day. <laughs> Do you know why I'm saying that? 
yes, yes. <laughs> so many people all the time not leading up to any yeah anyways yeah go ahead i'm gonna ramble yeah otherwise. no it's great um you practice for your game right you practice every aspect of your game with your team on and off the court you're in the gym you're doing your weights you're doing everything to get ready for your game and be prepared and this is just one aspect of your training is trying out the foods seeing what works having more than one option um so giving yourself plenty of options so that when it comes to game day, you're going to have something that you find palatable. Um, don't just stick to one thing and say, this is going to work that day because maybe that day that's not what you want to eat. So give yourself uh, a lot of options. Um, know what you can have. It's going to be easily um, transportable to your games um, and what you can eat in between. And then, you know, you've practiced the timing. So hopefully, by the time you get to game day, you know what you can eat and when. Um, so you're not left wondering what you should be eating throughout the day um, or skipping meals because you just don't know what to eat. Awesome. Yeah. So not every part of the game happens on the court. Most don't. It's, I argue yeah. like most aspects of the game have nothing to do with what you do on the court, which is, you know, a little out there, but. Yeah. Truth to truth. It's only makes sense. Beautiful. So let's wrap this up in a nice, nice tiny bit. I'm assuming that's the last slide, just to be clear. That's the last slide. Perfect. Yep. So eat small meal, eat small snacks when you can. Longer duration is longer, uh, is larger meals. Mm -hmm. Low in fiber, if possible. You know, get your veggies mm -hmm. in every once in a while, but don't, this isn't the day to pack in all your veggies. Game day um, is not a day. High in carbs proportionally. Yep. Limit your protein to, you know, depending on you and your um, ability to process mm -hmm. low GI influencing foods. And maybe we so, can yeah. just, yeah, touch on that really quick again. Again, that's a, the low fiber. Mm -hmm. um, not too much protein and not too much fat because we know that all three of those things slow down your digestion. Right. And so you don't want to eat um, a ton of protein, you know, half an hour before your game. And then you realize that, you know, it's not moving and you're still feeling full when you step onto the court. So um, low fiber, low fat, low protein. And would, yeah. Would something like dairy fall into that to typically avoid or it depends on the person? No. no, it depends on the person because maybe yogurt is that thing that sits well and you can digest easily and you're eating yogurt and granola. So you're saying I can have my chocolate milk. Perfect. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. If you have your chocolate milk right after you've come off a couple of hard games, that is also going to help you with re your recovery. Right. Yeah, so you're totally. getting some carbs and some protein. So you're helping with your recovery and then hopefully you'll be ready for games. And especially if it's multi-day, um, you're setting yourself up to feel good the next day too. So in general, you know, this isn't also the day to totally avoid something like sugar. Uh, in this case, because yeah. it's quick carbs, right? Yeah, sugar is a carbohydrate, easily digestible. Most sports foods that you look at are made out of sugar. Uh, and there's a reason for that. While Steph preps this next video, just want to take a quick minute and say, if you're looking to get into training, maybe you've been uh, considering training, but you know, you're not comfortable starting on your own or you want somebody to guide you through the process, that's what we're here for. 
So if you have any questions or want to, you know, get started or just see what we're all about, click the link, click the link below, uh, fill out the survey form and we'll get to you. We'll get back to you right away. All right, let's get back to it. We're back after that, you know, very professionally done message. Um, let's talk hydration. What do you do on the beach? What do you do on the court? What is hydration? Yeah. What are we, what are we even talking about? Steph, just educate us. <laughs> All right. Well, we are, um, you know, in parallel to our nutrition, focusing on hydration uh, on the court, on and off the court, sorry. And when you're in the middle of uh, maybe a few games, as we talked about before. So same thing. What are our goals uh, when it comes to game day hydration? Uh, so we're trying to replenish our fluids, our electrolytes. And same thing. We're trying to avoid things like GI upset and dehydration. Uh, and I will talk about those as two separate things, but they are also tied together. So uh, really interesting when we get to that point. Uh, so our focus is ensuring optimal hydration throughout the day to support performance. And this one's a, is really interesting when we get down to what can affect performance when it comes to dehydration is that a, a fluid deficit. So if your body loses about 2% of its fluids, can lead up to a 10% decrease in performance. And the effects of that are profound. So when it comes to how it affects performance, um, I will get into that a little bit later, but it can, small amounts essentially can have a huge effect on how you're doing that day. So our challenge is the same. Obviously that doesn't change um, compared to hydration or compared to nutrition is you have a small amount of time right? You're trying to fit everything in in this short window in between your games. And as you mentioned, you might have a couple one hour breaks, or you might have like 15 minutes or a couple minutes in between games, and you're trying to get something in so that you can stay hydrated and you can stay fueled. Uh, there are some things that are going to affect your hydration status. Um, so we all sweat differently. We all lose electrolytes at a different rate. Um, you might notice that if you've ever trained with someone or you are the person who is a salty sweater and everyone's been sweating and your black t-shirt is completely crystallized with salt. Um, good indicator that you're uh, a heavy sweater and so you're going to maybe need more um, replenishment of those electrolytes. Uh, especially when we're outside, but even inside, temperature and humidity are going to affect your hydration, so it's going to affect how much you're sweating, how effective your sweating is at cooling down your body temperature, that sort of thing. Um, and I know you said we're we're ending this season for outdoor, but always worth you know making note of these differences. And then previous dehydration. So you know if you maybe had a big night the night before your games, uh, I don't know how happy your coach would be with you, but. <laughs> Uh, if you're not completely hydrated after that big night, then you're already starting dehydrated. That's not looking good for performance either. So keeping all these things in mind when you're focusing on your hydration strategy is, is going to be a big thing. Just from the so, layman's perspective of yeah. it's been a long time since biology class in high school for most people. What are electrolytes? Really quick. Okay, so our main electrolytes, we're usually looking at um, sodium, 
uh, as our biggest one. And then there's some smaller ones. We have like potassium and magnesium um, that we're going to focus on. And essentially your electrolytes help maintain um, fluid status in your cells. So you're keeping your cells hydrated. Um, but at the same time, they also play a role in things like muscle contractions. So you need sodium and potassium for your muscles to effectively contract. Um, so, you know, you need that to make sure that all your cells are hydrated and that your muscles can function properly. So it's more than just getting enough water. Yeah, of course. Sweet. Yeah. So set the tone. Yeah. And, and it, it comes down to length of time, right? So if you're going out for a single game, right, it's probably not going to be super long. Uh, electrolyte replenishment when you're playing like for an hour or something is, is really probably not going to be a big deal. It's over the long term that you're looking more at um, getting those uh, electrolytes in. Um, so I mentioned that, you know, a 2% loss of hydration. So that is a fluid loss, but you do lose electrolytes with that. Um, can have those really huge effects on your performance. So it's not just that it can um, affect your muscle contractions, but when you're dehydrated, it can affect, affect your thinking skills. So your decision-making, right? That split-second decision-making that's so crucial when you're going uh, for the ball uh, can be delayed or it can be affected. Your concentration, um, your skill level can decrease when you're dehydrated. Um, it can make it feel harder. So we know um, temperature or fluids also play a huge role in regulating your body temperature, right? So sweating is helping regulate your body temperature, um, but just being hydrated is going to help with that. So if, if you're dehydrated and you're not regulating your body temperature as well, you're feeling really hot it's going to make everything feel harder. So that perceived exertion, um, you're going to feel like everything's a lot harder than if you were properly hydrated. Um, it can also cause headaches and confusion. So that's getting a little bit more extreme. Uh, and then you're increasing your risk of heat stroke. So I don't know how hot it gets in the gym, but even inside, outside, you're still affecting that. Um, when you're dehydrated also, it can cause that itself can cause GI upset. So it's not just let's avoid GI upset from eating well and drinking well. It's let's avoid GI upset from being dehydrated. They get you from both ends, eh? Yeah, it really does. Um, so again, it's about finding that balance of what's going to work to keep me hydrated while I'm avoiding having that sloshy feeling all day. Um, and, and usually having to go to the bathroom isn't the biggest consideration because your, your body is, is pretty good at um, suppressing that when you're exercising, you know, obviously it's still going to happen throughout the day, but um, you know, we're trying to avoid the water overload so you don't have to go to the bathroom as well. Awesome. Uh, so what do we drink? What do you all drink? Gatorade, right? It's just pure Gatorade all day. You carry around a gallon and you know, you're good. Sports. <laughs> so what's good about Gatorade? Why do we drink it? Tastes good. Of course. And it's got okay. a bunch of sugar. We talked about this. It's got yeah, simple carbohydrates. Can. It's got yeah. electrolytes. Does it have enough electrolytes, stuff? Depends. Does, hmm. it maybe, does it have too much? Maybe. So all the different kinds of Gatorade are different. 
right? You're looking at all the different ones. Some of them have are full sugar. Some of them are, you know, reduced sugar. Some of them have electrolytes and some of them don't. Some of them are pretty much just like sugar water. So look at all those things when you're picking a drink and, and see. Um, but they all are going to have some sort of effect, right? So you're all day, you're outside. Having some electrolytes is probably not going to be a bad thing. Um, some of the things, one of the considerations for an all day event is actually overhydration, right? So when we see people doing all day sports and they drink mostly water, overhydration can be a thing where you're diluting your electrolytes and that can actually on the extreme again, be actually be deadly. So you, you don't want to just drink water for like six hours straight. If, if you're sweating a lot, there's been some football players that have been, that have died from that, right? Hyponatremia. Yeah, exactly. Um, not just that, but usually slow marathon runners. Got it. Um, now, yeah, just so to, yeah, and like, to be clear for all of you recreational tier one through three players out there, it's probably not you, but you know, it's something to be aware of. Um, we're not it's usually recreational more than elite athletes that suffer from hyponatremia. Well, there you go. See, I, this is why I have Stefan. She, she corrects me when I'm wrong because it's going to happen a lot. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is usually those ones that like they're slower. They're, they have adequate opportunities to drink and they're mostly drinking water and they're drinking water at every opportunity. Um, and all day, and especially when, say, you're doing sports and you're not going to the bathroom, that's part of the risk, right, is your body's not able to get rid of that and to reconcentrate everything. And so that's the risk where the risk comes in. So okay. over the long term, having some electrolytes is not, not going to hurt. Um, but it's also, do you need the carbohydrates in the drink? Um, you know, if you're not able to fuel properly with your foods, maybe having some carbohydrates in your drink isn't a bad thing. Um, we also know that having a certain amount of carbohydrates can actually increase your body's ability to absorb those electrolyte drinks. So electrolytes on their own versus electrolytes with some carbohydrates are gonna be absorbed totally differently. Um, and that's why you might see something I have in there four to 8% uh, carbohydrate content is that's gonna help with the absorption and make it tolerated a little bit better. Um, having the temperature of the drink, right? So if you're on a hot day, actually drinking cold drinks can help bring down your core body temperature. And, and that's one that we see in multiple different sports. I don't know if you've ever seen um, people playing in the Summer Olympics beforehand, they put on a cold vest or they're using cold drinks or they're using slushies before they even start playing. Right, because they're trying to bring their body temperature down before they start playing so that they don't have that whole rise in body temperature and all the things that come along with that. So um, having those drinks is, is really multifactorial when it comes to helping your performance. And then um, I have in here a little bit of a swish and spit, and I don't know if you've heard about that strategy Oh, yeah, before. the pickle juice. Oh, yeah. Not pickle juice. Oh. No. Well, never mind. I thought, I've heard don't, of the, the your pickle juice. Uh, so it's, I don't, again, this isn't highly evidence-based. This is just what I've heard from some, you know, people. Um, it's, they take some kind of like high, uh, high salt, high um, electrolyte solution, 
and you just swish around your mouth and you spit it out and it's supposed to yield similar effects in terms of your body's response because it absorbs the electrolytes through your tongue and through your you know your mouth receptors okay clarify so stuff. I, haven't, I haven't heard a lot about that the strategy that i am familiar with uh, with the swish and spit actually has to do more with carbohydrates than it has to do with um, electrolytes. So it, it, some of it depends on how well your body is fueled. So if your body, you're full of glycogen, you're fully fed, um, that sort of thing, you're topped up to the max, this might have less of an effect for you versus you've been playing all day, but you are like, you have that one opportunity to get a sip in or you have a couple opportunities to get a sip in and you don't want to necessarily drink it. Um, when you swish a little bit of electrolyte drink with carbohydrate, that carbohydrate tricks your body into thinking that you've actually consumed it. And it causes all these physiological effects that can help improve your performance because your body thinks it has had all this energy brought into it. And so um, using that as a strategy of like your body's like, great, we just had something, we're going to feel good and we're going to, you know, keep going and you don't actually have to drink it when that happens. There's a limited time, like a limited time that that works. Like you can't do that all day and expect it to work. <laughs> but if you're getting close to the end of the competition and you need a little boost um, without having to drink a lot, then that is certainly a strategy that you can utilize. Cool. Um, worth noting that it doesn't come down to flavor um, because it can be artificially sweetened and carbohydrate free. And you won't see the effect. Hmm. So your body's smart. Your body knows what it's doing. And it can tell the difference when you're trying to fake it out with artificially sweetened drinks and carbohydrate sweetened drinks that it knows when it's the carb sweetened drinks. Oh, fine. Smarter than me then. Um, <laughs> so, okay. We want to drink a bunch of water and some electrolytes sometimes, and maybe some carbohydrates with that. But we also don't want to drink too much water because we have consequences with that. How do we yeah. navigate these waters? What are some signs we should be looking for? <sighs> so thirst is not going to be your best indicator okay. um, of hydration. So don't rely just on your thirst when it comes to drinking, right? Because you're going to get into trouble. It's, it's almost too late by the time you realize you're that thirsty. So you're going to have heard this message before. It takes practice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you need to practice your hydration strategy beforehand and there's different tools that you can use, um, when you're getting ready for competition, uh, to evaluate what your fluid needs are and what your electrolytes are. So number one, you're going into a big sweaty game before you start weigh yourself, after you start weigh yourself and see how much fluid you've lost. So weigh yourself with as little clothes as possible. After you've sweat, take off your sweaty clothes and weigh yourself with as little clothes as possible and see the difference. And every kilogram that you've lost is a full liter of water, right? So if you've been out there for two hours and you notice that you're a full kilogram lighter, that's a, that's a liter that you've lost over that amount of time. Um, so that's giving you an indicator of how much you need to um, top up or like what your fluid needs are during that time be aware that 
it's unlikely over a long competition that you're going to be able to fully hydrate, but we're trying to really minimize um, those losses, right? We don't want to get past that 2% um, of your fluid losses because we know that that's going to have that effect. So we're trying to recognize how much we sweat, know how much that in that time frame we might be aiming to get in, knowing that we're not going to be perfect when it comes to fully hydrating, but still doing our best. So um, same thing, I mentioned the salty sweaters. Know if you're a salty sweater and know if you're going to need those extra electrolytes. Um, you can get electrolytes through drinks. On a day-to-day -day basis, we get most of our electrolytes through the food that we eat, believe it or not. Um, and if you need to, there are, again, there's other ways to get electrolytes, like capsules, that sort of thing, where you know, you can take a capsule and throw it back with a little bit of water and you're getting some electrolytes there uh, instead of just relying on drinking those sports drinks. Right. So, um, and practice to see what works. So maybe you need to dilute your Gatorade a little bit, right? Maybe that really high um, carbohydrate Gatorade just doesn't sit well with you. So know if you need the full strength or know if you need to water it down. Know if you Maybe Gatorade just isn't your drink at all and you need a different electrolyte drink, right? Um, focus on those sorts of things um, so that when you're on game day, again, you're not guessing, but you have a general idea and you have a strategy of what you can drink in between. Um, we've talked about it before, what counts towards hydration, right? So I don't know, maybe somebody brought popsicles. That popsicle can count as, as hydration, you know, in between your games, that's great. And Again, carbohydrates. It, and carbohydrates. And it can help bring down your body temperature. So don't discount those sorts of things when it comes to your hydration strategy. Um, you know, maybe don't necessarily count on it, but that could be a bonus if, if that happens. Um, but make sure that you are bringing it up and that you're being aware um, of those things and, and just being aware if you notice that you're not feeling as great or you're cramping more or you're not concentrating, that maybe you need to check in. Um, you know, if your mouth is feeling dry, again, that swish, that whole swish thing uh, is something that you can use. Um, because sometimes when you're outside or you're working hard and you're breathing through your mouth, that's enough to make your mouth dry and that's an uncomfortable feeling. So um, even just using that swish and spit to keep your mouth wet um, is something that you can take advantage of. So, so yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, bring it back to that idea of kind of testing how much, how much, so let's say concentration of, you know, Gatorade or some kind of carbohydrate rich drink you need. What would be mm -hmm. some signs that maybe it's a bit too much for so you? So if you're constantly wanting to go to the bathroom, yeah. right, you're drinking and, and all day, all your bladder's full and you constantly have to go to the bathroom, probably drinking too much right? Your kidneys are working to concentrate your urine as much as possible. So if you're drinking all day and your urine's very pale yellow all day, great, you're very hydrated, but it's possible that you're drinking too much throughout the day. Um, being aware of your urine color, right? We talked about that in a, in a talk before. Um, if you, same thing, like opposite of you have really, really dark urine partway through the day, pretty good indicator that you're like pretty dehydrated and that you haven't maybe been living up to your um, hydration strategy as true as you should have been. 
So being aware of those things and then taking the time when you can to drink and, and to get those sips in. Um, luckily, food with fluid compared to fluid, it's a little bit easier to get the fluids in in between games. Um, but don't be, you're probably not going to be chugging your full bottle, like a full 500 ml bottle in between, like when you have a 15 minute break. Yeah. So um, sipping it, knowing what you can kind of get away with in terms of hydration. Um, know that like nerves and things are still going to affect if you if you're nervous that's still going to affect your ability your need to go to the bathroom and maybe you have to go a little bit more um but still even considering that in your hydration strategy it's just like knowing like oh you know i'm not overhydrating. it's just that i'm nervous right now <laughs> i have to go to the bathroom so so if we go the the other end of the spectrum where someone uh you know we have that the, the kind of gym bro mentality of I need my big gallon of Gatorade all the time with me. What can be the consequences or the signs that maybe we're having too much electrolytes or not necessarily too much carbohydrate acutely? Uh, or does that I wouldn't say the specific effect, but um, I mean, look at how many calories and things are in that and are you really overdoing it then when it comes to your nutrition and hydration strategy in terms of calories from sports drinks, right? You know, if you're drinking a gallon, I don't even want to think how many calories are in there, but um, it's probably a lot more than you need. Yeah. Right. So have a good combination. If you're only drinking Gatorade, um, maybe consider having half of that as water and half of that as Gatorade, yeah. right? Chances are you're not going to need that full gallon. So Again, it, unless you're a sweater, unless we talked about those other things, unless you really, really sweat heavy, but you know, it's about balance um, of drinking water and drinking everything else. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're being kind of intentionally vague on this stuff because it really depends on the person, right? Somebody might be able to handle half of a Gatorade during the day. Some people might be able to handle three throughout a full tournament. So yeah. it's good. So that's what I'm saying. Like, know what works, yeah. practice to find out what works. Yeah. And so it shouldn't, nothing should be a guess on game day, essentially. And we're not giving um, anyone an excuse to drink a gallon of Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> There's a balance there. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much what I have. Um, I've got a curveball for you. Yes. So this isn't going to be a, question about optimality or whatever you want to call it, but there's the odd person in the rec league and, you know, life is life and they just like being more social than anything else. They're not too concerned about their, um, their performance, just, just call it like a low tier tournament just for fun. You know, some might call it a beer league. What <laughs> could be the impact of alcohol during tournaments or game days? Okay. Well, um, we already know the effects that alcohol has when it comes to our ability to concentrate and maybe our coordination. Um, you know, we know those effects if you, if you've had a couple beers, um, you know, if you haven't, if you don't know those effects, maybe this isn't. This conversation's <laughs> the not for you. <laughs> yeah, the conversation's not for you. Don't worry about it. Um, so we know those effects. Uh, we know that. Alcohol can increase your risk of dehydration because it increases your urinary output. So um, we've all had that. You had a couple beers and you're running for the bathroom. So it's going to make you have to go to the bathroom more and your body's trying to dilute 
um, it, it affects your kidney's ability to dilute your urine. So you're not going to see constant as concentrated urine. You're going to think that you're hydrated because all your urine is going to come out. It's going to be light yellow unless you're like very, very dehydrated. So your body, your kidneys aren't um, concentrating urine like it should. So it's actually increasing your fluid losses. So double whammy on that one. Um, because if you're starting off dehydrated and then you're losing even more fluids, well, think about your, um, oh God, it's such a circle. So think about your dehydration already. Say you're at 2%. And when we look at blood alcohol, you're, it's probably going to be slightly higher because you're dehydrated. So your impact on performance, your impact on hydration, your, um, impact on all of that and then it has those like byproducts that can make you feel bad so by the end by what the afternoon you maybe have a little bit of a hangover and <laughs> you're not feeling great um and it's like sloshing around in your stomach I don't know about you but if you ever try to do a beer mile or anything like we know that beer doesn't usually sit well um with the carbonation and stuff and so it, it's fun it's probably fun in the short term but are you going to feel your best over the full day? Probably not. And then in that case, you probably are going to need some electrolyte and carbohydrate replenishment so that, you know, you can get your hydration back to where it should be. This is not to shame people that like, you know, enjoy a beer during the tournament. This is just to understand the risks more than anything and some strategies that we should just be aware of. So balance it out. So for every beer that you have, your next drink should be water or an electrolyte drink. You know, go back and forth between that. You're probably going to be running in the bathroom a lot more if you're drinking beer during your games. But you can balance that out by, you know, trying to stay hydrated in between those beers and not only drink beer all day. So just kind of curtailing off that a little bit. A lot of times I know in the rec leagues or just when people are social with these tournaments, um, people will go out after for you know nachos beer that kind of stuff yeah. uh, if we're talking about let's say you know in a typical situation where somebody's not hydrating perfectly throughout the day um mm -hmm. and then they're drinking alcohol that night um they're probably getting more electrolytes because you know nachos and beer nuts and all that kind of stuff but um yeah. what what are you know, in a worst case scenario what could happen if they're dehydrated and then going drinking and then what what are some just basic strategies that we could think about or implement to make sure that we offset that as much as possible. Yeah. So you're probably going to worsen your hangover the next day. If you're already dehydrated before you start drinking, right. We talked about that effect of, um, that maybe your, your blood's a little bit more concentrated. So your blood alcohol is maybe going to rise a little bit faster. Um, and honestly, I think that fact afterwards is probably what you're going to be the most concerned about is next day is not going to be very fun for you. So, um, again, having that back and forth, have your drink, have some water, have your drink, have some water, that sort of thing. Um, maybe have a glass of, or water, glass of water or two before you start drinking very heavily that night. Um, so try and catch up on your hydration as much as you can. And ideally, if you are going to do that, then try and stay hydrated in the day before you even get to that point. Yeah. Um, minimize your dehydration every point possible uh, so that when you are drinking, then you're not going to have the effects that we all know and 
are not big fans of, especially when you hit your thirties. We all know that. So much <laughs> hey, I've got, uh, what is it? Five days and a year until that. So, you know, I got time. Coming up. <laughs> Take advantage of it. There you go. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That was a curveball, but I know it's something that people will ask about and, uh, yeah. and from a safety perspective, we just kind of need to be aware of it. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, good. I mean, I could throw in another curveball if we want to talk about caffeine and how Let's that happens. Right? Um, caffeine's fine. You know, it's about tolerability. So do I drink a coffee and go work out? Of course I do. Why do I do that? All sorts of reasons, right? Caffeine, we know, is a performance enhancer um, on multiple levels. So it does help with your alertness, right, and your ability to concentrate. Um, caffeine also helps with calcium release and helps with muscle contractions, which is super cool. So caffeine all around is not going to be bad. Um, some people do talk about the diuretic effect of caffeine. So it's going to make you have to go to the bathroom. Um, usually that's very small, has a small effect. Um, if you're used to drinking caffeine, I wouldn't even worry about it. Um, if you're not caffeine habituated, you might find more of an effect when it has comes to the diuretic effect and having to go to the bathroom and caffeine if you're not used to it can also have effects on your GI it can upset your stomach a little bit so um one of those things if you're planning on having caffeine test it out a couple times before your tournament um but if you're used to having your couple cup, cups of coffee in the morning no problem right if you're used to having one in the afternoon and you want to have that in the middle of your tournament and you know that it it'll be tolerated no problem. Go for it. It might even help you out a little bit. So definitely not off the table. You said you're going to throw me a curveball and you just answered it. So, I mean, Hey, easiest curveball ever. There you go. Perfect. Okay. That was a bunch. That was fantastic. I feel like we'll have a lot of follow-up and questions and just good conversations from that. So yeah, that'd be great. I'm looking forward to maybe seeing some of those questions and hopefully being able to help you answer them. So you, yes, you, whether you're seeing this on YouTube or podcast or our website or our Facebook group, you should join the Facebook group. Um, ask your questions because we're here not only to, you know, well, Steph's here not only to educate us and help us out, but uh, yeah. to answer your questions and really foster some actual conversation. Because the whole point of this is to take what we know and put it into practice, as opposed to just saying, yes, you need X grams of blank per blank of kilogram, but it's, you know, what's that mean? What's that work? What works for you? You know, what strategies have you found um, work? What strategies have you crashed and failed with? And uh, let's help each other learn. That's the whole point. Yeah. Maybe if we get enough questions, we could do a Q&A one where we sit down and answer all the Oh, no, we 100% are going to do the Q&A one. Because that's okay. I, I, honestly, I think that people learn the most from that because the questions yeah. come directly from people. Yeah. So yeah. Things that they want. I know what I'm talking about, but maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Let's wrap it up. Um, appreciate you guys as always. Uh, like I said, already put the plug in, but let's join the Facebook group, uh, start those conversations. And uh, Steph, if people have questions, is somewhere like the Facebook group the best place to ask them? Yeah, shoot them on there. Let's Perfect. see what we can do. Sweet. All right, guys. Take care. We're out of here.